This is Pastor A.J. Diamond. I'm so glad that you are here with us today. Uh, it's great to be able to gather online and we are excited about what God is doing. And uh, tonight we're going to be covering uh, the third part of Enemies of the Soul. Uh, you are in the fight of your life. And so we want to give you some biblical wisdom and advice on how to best handle uh, those enemies that you face. And so tonight we're going to be talking about the devil. And I know uh, that's not anybody's favorite subject. And there's a lot of people that uh, don't even believe that the devil exists, but we want to just cover uh, some biblical basis and uh, talk about what the devil is, what he does, how he, how he works, and then uh, we're going to give you some uh, ammunition. We want to equip your arsenal and make sure that you're aware uh, of how you can defeat uh, the devil in your life and how you can have victory over the devil. So let's start by praying and let's just ask God to move in a special way here in the next few moments. Lord Jesus, we thank you, God, for your uh, wonderful presence that we know is uh, joining us right now, God. And we thank you, Lord, for what you've already done in our hearts and lives to draw us closer to you. And God, we pray that you would move in a special way in our time together tonight and God that your will would be accomplished that we would help uh, Lord those who are listening those who are paying attention God to get Lord something from this tonight and let your word be uh, alive in their lives and God we will give you the glory and the praise as you help us learn how to have victory over the devil in Jesus name amen all right so today uh, we are going to be covering the third part of enemies of the soul and we're going to be talking about the devil and we're going to start with James chapter 4 and James chapter 4 and we're going to read verses 7 through 10. And it says this, it says, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy into heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. So that's our basis. We're also going to read another scripture. That is 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 8. 
First Peter chapter five and verse number eight says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. So when we begin examining the enemies of the soul, it's imperative that we study Satan because Satan uh, is the most vicious enemy that anyone will encounter in their life. Um, Satan not only wages personal attacks against us, but he also works through the other two enemies that we've already discussed, uh, our flesh and uh, the world. Uh, so the devil is working through the spirit of the world. He's also working hard to obtain control over our flesh. And Satan is a fallen creature and he knows his destiny. He knows where he is headed. So what he's trying to do is he's seeking to destroy everyone that he can. Satan and his angels, the scripture tells us that Satan and his angels will have the lake of fire as their final portion. Um, that's where they are going to end up. And you read that in Revelation 20 verse 10. Tragedy of tragedies though is that the devil is not going to uh, the lake of fire by himself, but he is taking multitudes of people with him. And I've, I have learned uh, in my few years here on this earth that Satan is this, uh, just very devious. He is uh, vicious in his attacks against the saints of God. He uh, shows no mercy. So be very warned here tonight. Uh, the devil is your enemy and your flesh is no match uh, for the devil. God's spirit, the Holy Ghost that's inside of us, uh, the scripture says, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So when you have the Holy Ghost on the inside and you lean on the power of God, uh, you do have power over the devil, but you can't just lean on your flesh and you can't just lean on what you think is right. Uh, you have to be tuned in to uh, the, the power of God in your life. So let's talk about where Satan comes from, his beginnings, his origin. Uh, in the beginning, Lucifer was created. He was created as an angel of God. He rebelled against God and he led other angels uh, to follow after him. He was then taken and cast out of heaven uh, to the earth where he now works against the kingdom of God. Uh, and so you can read more about that in Isaiah chapter 14 and also Luke chapter 10. Uh, we read uh, in 1 John also, 1 John 3 and 8. Uh, but that's where Satan came from. That's where he began and that's, uh, that's where uh, he is. But what is Satan? Satan is our adversary. Um, more than anything else in life, uh, Satan is our adversary. And he really exists in uh, a lot of different ways. He, he comes at us in a lot of different ways. And I want to expose some of those tonight because his, his mentality, his mindset is he wants to destroy every child of God that he can. He wants to take out every one that he can. And so when we know this, knowing this equips us with the needed knowledge to stand uh, against him and to resist him with the help of God. So uh, let me tell you what Satan is. Matthew 4 tells us he's the tempter. Uh, John chapter 8 verse 44 tells us he's a liar. Uh, Job chapter 1 and chapter 2 and also Revelation 12 tell, talk about uh, the devil as an accuser. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 talks about the devil as a hinderer. 
John 8 and Hebrews 2 and Romans 5 also talk about Satan as a murderer. Uh, he is a murderer. He wants to take everybody and everything out. He, he tried to destroy Jesus. He tried to destroy Moses even before they were born. And that spirit is still working. Um, today, I, I read a statistic that in the first four months of 2020, uh, there have already been worldwide, there have already been over 10 million abortions. Uh, Satan is working hard to murder and to destroy everyone that he can. That spirit uh, is is from Satan, that, that uh, underbelly of abortion and murder, that comes from Satan. Um, so he is a murderer. The God of this world is in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, he is the deceiver in Revelation chapter 12 and also chapter 20. Um, he is our adversary. We've already talked about in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8. Uh, he is the greatest adversary, the greatest enemy that we will face. So we need to be on guard. We need to be ready. And then Psalm chapter 17 also calls him the destroyer. So uh, when you read through the scripture and you, you try to get an understanding, you try to get a little bit better insight um, as to who Satan is, he is used. Uh, there's some synonymous terms that we find for Satan. They're described to, to describe him, uh, used to describe him. So some of the different terms that are used to describe him expose some of his uh, array of evil works. In Isaiah 14, he's called Lucifer. In Revelation chapter 12, he's called the dragon. In Luke 10 and Revelation 12, he's called Satan. In Revelation 12 and 2 Corinthians 11, he's called the serpent. In 1 Peter 5 and 1 Timothy 5, he's called our adversary. In Matthew 4 and Ephesians 6, he's called the devil. And Ephesians chapter 6, he's also called the wicked or the wicked one. So we understand when we read these terms that they're speaking of Satan, they're speaking of our adversary, they're speaking of the devil. So what is Satan like? How, how does he approach or how does he pose? Because he's the ultimate poser. He, uh, he brings a lot of things about. And so uh, he poses in order to deceive, to bring fear and to devour the lives of each and every one of us. And so what kind of poses does he take on? Well, 1 Peter 5 talks about how he poses as a lion. Second. Uh, Corinthians 11 talks about how he poses as a minister of righteousness. Also, Galatians chapter 1 tells us that. Matthew 13 says he poses as a fowl. 2 Corinthians 11 says he poses as an angel of light. He can become like an angel of light. And John chapter 10 and Matthew chapter 10 and also Acts 20 tells us he poses as a wolf. So for us to understand this, to be forewarned, then th this is enabling us to be forearmed and ready to handle, ready to uh, deal with this battle that we have. And uh, we have a battle against Satan and against his devices. So every point and place of satanic activity would be impossible for us to cover in just a short session. But I do want to point out two specific areas that need attention in our lives. These two uh, areas that I want to talk about, um, I want to just cover these in, in, in brief detail. But the first, first one that I want to talk about is giving place to the devil. A saint of God can give place to the devil, but this does not mean that that saint of God is dominated, possessed, or controlled by Satan. Uh, Paul here is referring to a temporary failure of the Christian, um, maybe through temptation, through lust, through a testing that they undergo. And we are warned against allowing this to happen. But if it does, 
What should the child of God do? What if we fail? What if we make a mistake? What if we don't pass the test? Um, So when that happens, we need to repent, we need to correct the error, and we need to move on and go on with God. Um, I have, in my uh, few years on the earth now, I've been here and I've been tested, and even after I was uh, born again, water in the Spirit, and I was living for Jesus, there have been times where I've been tested and I didn't pass the test. I, I messed up, my, my attitude got out of whack or my spirit was, was not right, and uh, so I had to repent. I had to you know, uh, make things right because what I had done in my uh, overacting or my um, reactions that were not right was I gave place to the devil and I, I made it to where other people uh, could, could uh, find fault with God or find fault with uh, the church because of my actions. So there have been times where I've had to go and I've had to repent and had to say, God, I didn't handle that the right way. I had to go to people and say, man, I didn't handle this the right way and, and make things right. Because if we're not careful, we can give place to the devil. We gotta be very careful that we don't allow the devil to have place in our lives. If you're struggling with something, uh, maybe you're struggling with an addiction, don't go to places that uh, allow you to um, have that, uh, that addiction fulfilled. Uh, it, it don't be around people and relationships that are going to feed into that addiction. Uh, the best thing for you to do would be for you to make sure that you're not going to those places. You're avoiding those things so that you're not giving place to the devil. The second area that I want to talk about how the devil really works hard is in our thoughts and our imaginations. Our mind is one of the most vulnerable and accessible areas of our lives to the devil. Uh, We cannot control um, everything, but we can have control over our thoughts. We cannot stop a thought from entering into our mind, but we we can keep it from from staying there and from uh, acting upon it. Such uh, strategic areas um, become the object of Satan's most vicious attacks because he really wants to have access to our minds. Satan can put thoughts in our minds, but he's powerless uh, to make us act upon them. And so uh, today I I remember a story that was told to me uh, several years ago and and they were talking about how temptation works and how things, uh, you know, how the devil attacks us. And they said, it's kind of like, you know, you can't necessarily stop a, a bird uh, from landing on your head, but you can keep them from making a nest there. And it's kind of the same way with the devil and our mind. You, you are going to find that uh, advertisements and media, even walking through a store, walking through a mall, driving down the road, um, there are going to be things that, uh, th- that just jump out in front of you because um, people make millions of dollars uh, trying to figure out how to get your attention and how to plant thoughts in your head. And so uh, the advertising industry is such a big industry because that's how, you know, people make money. They sell their products. So a lot of that stuff, you know, you've heard people say sex sells. Well, a lot of times they put stuff out there that puts thoughts into your head and it makes you uh, do things and respond and react in a way that's, that's not pleasing to God. Uh, so we have to be very careful about our thoughts and our imaginations because thoughts that are allowed to remain active and, uh, and stay in our minds, they become the intentions of the heart that Hebrews 4.12 talks about. And when we fulfill these intentions, 
It's a sin of commission, which has begun as a thought. We started thinking about it. We started dwelling on it. And then because we dwelt on it so long, we decided we should just go ahead and do that. Uh, And James chapter one is a great study in that. It talks about how our minds work and how we are first tempted. And then when we're tempted, uh, then we are drawn away by our own lust and enticed. And then we, we fall into sin. We don't fall into it as much as we decide to commit it because we didn't get those thoughts out of our head. And so sin destroys us. It destroys our reputation. It destroys our character. And it destroys other people's confidence in us. Uh, So when we get drawn away with our thoughts, when we don't control our thoughts and then we fall into sin because of uh, allowing our thoughts to to run us instead of us controlling our thoughts, um, we will fall into sin. We will make mistakes. We will do things that we never thought we could do. The good news for us, though, is that restoration is available. Uh, We can have the restoration that Jesus promises. Jesus wants to restore us. He wants to make us brand new. He wants to enable us and empower us to live lives above sin. However, some sins, when we, uh, when we commit these sins, they uh, scar our lives. They, especially sins of a moral nature, they leave scars, they leave reproaches. Uh, Proverbs chapter six, uh, verses 27 to 33 talks about this, how you know, sometimes we sin and we, we actually, we're sinning and, and we're sinning against God, but we also sin against ourselves. And uh, so it's important to know that we can have restoration, but we need to be careful. We need to control our thoughts uh, by, the, by the power of God and by the word of God, because that's the only way we're gonna be able to avoid some of these major catastrophes in our life. Failure is within before it is ever exposed to others. Purity of mind is essential to spiritual survival for every Christian. So I wanna cover um, a scriptural method for handling the devil. Uh, There have been so many um, means and methods that have been projected by fanciful thinkers through the years that they could control or that they could defeat the devil, but nothing succeeds in defeating the devil like using what we have right here in the Bible. stomping, running, uh, scaring the devil away are expressions or antics that really have no biblical basis. Sensational antics leave other people frustrated and the devil undefeated in our lives. So when God's method that we find in the word of God is used, Satan will flee from every child of God. It doesn't matter how new or how old they are. It doesn't matter how powerful they feel or don't feel. When we use God's method that we find in James chapter four, we, and first Peter chapter five, we have uh, the power over Satan. We can defeat Satan and we can handle Satan in our lives. So let's talk about this method that we find in first Peter chapter five and also James chapter four. The first step that we find is if we're going to handle the devil, we have got to submit ourselves to God. Number one, submit yourselves therefore to God. This is the preparatory step to defeat the devil successfully. There's so many people that try to bypass this step and they try to, well, I'm gonna take authority over the devil. I'm gonna cast the devil out. And they end up in despair because Satan will still torment them because the only way to handle Satan is the biblical way that we have described here. The first step, the preparatory step is submission to God. Submission to God and submission to his word. They are absolute musts if we're going to defeat the enemy of our soul. 
There are some of you that you are listening right now, you are watching right now, and I'm so thankful that you are watching. I'm, I'm thankful that you're listening, and I, I hope that you'll take this and you'll apply this to your life. Can I just tell you that as long as you refuse to submit yourself to God and to His Word and to the principles of God's Word, and you think, well, I know better, or maybe God will let me slide on this one, or this will be okay, and you're not submitting, and you know that God's dealing with you about submitting to Him on some of these things that uh, you, you realize, this is what the Bible says, but this is how my life is, is not measuring up. If you will not submit to God, you will be powerless to resist the devil. So I want to challenge you today. Um, submission to God and submission to God's word are absolute must if we're going to defeat the enemy and become everything that God has for us to be. So today, the very first thing that you need to do before you move into anything else is submit yourself to God. Surrender yourself to God. Say, God, what, whatever you want, look into the Word of God. Uh, you're, if you're struggling and you know that you're convicted about something and God's dealing with you, there's, there's probably verses of Scripture or principles here in the Word of God that will help you understand what God really wants in your life, and then you can submit to that. That's the first step. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. The second step is resist the devil steadfast in the faith. Now, if you haven't submitted yourself to God, if God's dealing with you about, you know, uh, certain things in your life and you don't respond to that, then when you try to resist the devil and be steadfast in the faith, number one, you won't have any faith because you still know you're not where you should be. And it makes it harder to resist the devil because what you actually did by not resist, by not submitting to God was you gave place to the devil. You allowed sin or you allowed disobedience to enter into your life, which is basically the root of all sin. So resisting the devil is the second step, but only works. Uh, you can only stay steadfast in the faith and resist the devil if you are willing to submit yourself to God. So resisting in this context, it really means to stand against, to oppose, uh, to withstand, to keep from yielding to and being affected by. Simple resistance to Satan's advances in this is, is our scriptural method. This is what we have to bring about Satan's defeat in our life. You, you can't always beat him down, but you can resist him. Uh, when you're tempted, when you're oppressed, when you're depressed, when you're discouraged, when you're tested, you don't just give up on God. You don't just walk out and say, well, I'm just going to do whatever I want to do. No, uh, you have to continue to do the things that Christians should do. You have to continue to follow God's word and continue submitting yourself to God, not out of inspiration because you just, you feel like it every day because you won't feel like it every day, but you do it out of commitment. And then guess what? You're going to have victory. You know why? Because the next step is he will flee from you. If you'll submit yourself to God and you'll obey God, you'll obey his word, you'll resist the devil and you will, whenever he starts to tempt you and he starts to work on you, you will resist and say, I will not. I'll take myself out of the situation. No, I will not be a part of this. I will not allow myself to do this. If you'll resist and you'll submit, the scripture says he will flee from you. What a promise, what a hope, what a joy that we have. Uh, according to the history, uh, uh, Job had to do this about one year. He had to resist the devil before uh, he got victory. And so nothing drives Satan away like resisting his advances. We've got to resist him. We will have the victory. He will flee from us, but we have to resist and we have to submit. So how do we resist the devil? Because that's, you know, we need to break it down. We need to be kind of practical here. 
How can we resist the devil? Many forms of resistance could be offered. I could tell you all kinds of things, um, but I just want to give you four basic ones as we get ready to wrap up tonight. Uh, I want to give you four basic ones from Scripture that I feel like they're kind of general categories, but they can assist you in your resisting Satan. The first one that I want to talk about for a second is the use of spiritual weapons. Um, So whenever... Uh, Michael, the archangel, was, you know, uh, was, was facing off with the devil. Uh, he didn't try to uh, come against, you know, the devil on his own power. In Zechariah chapter 3, verses 1 through 10, we read that Michael, the archangel, he even said, uh, the Lord rebuked thee. And so when, when he was fighting, uh, he didn't try to lean to his own power, even though he's one of the most powerful angels. He said, the Lord rebuked thee. He leans on the power of God because ultimately, ultimately all of our power comes from God. Weapons of a spiritual nature are at your disposal. If we're casting down imaginations, for uh, casting down thoughts, and the scripture says in 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5, everything that exalts itself against you and against your Lord, um, everything that comes against you, you have spiritual weapons to fight against it, to resist. And so the first one is the use of spiritual weapons. That's how you resist. The second one, I have to drink my good coffee while I'm talking to you. The second one, is the use of prayer and fasting. Um, the use of prayer and fasting is something that seems so elementary in, in, Christian, in the Christian life. Um, a devil-possessed boy couldn't be delivered by the prayers of the disciples due to a lack of fasting and prayer. Matthew chapter 17, we read the story, the disciples go and they try to cast this uh, evil spirit out of this this boy who's demon-possessed and they weren't able to do it and they brought him to Jesus. Jesus cast him out right away. And the first thing he says to them, he said, why couldn't we cast him out? And the first thing Jesus says to them is, this kind cometh not out, but by prayer and fasting. That's why prayer and fasting is so powerful in your life. You wonder why you can't break through some things and, and feel the presence of God and feel the power of God moving in your life and in your family and in your, in your church like you want to. That's why prayer and fasting is so important. We have got to make that a priority in our life uh, if we're going to resist the devil. So begin prayer and fasting. Whenever uh, you start facing an attack uh, and Satan is trying to invade your life, begin prayer and fasting. Spend extra time in prayer and fasting uh, because these are resistive forces. These will help you to have the power and the strength from God to overcome him. Uh, so the third one, we talked about the first one is what? Use of spiritual weapons. The second one is uh, what? The use of prayer and fasting. And now the third one is the use of the word of God. So notice even in the scripture, uh, Jesus didn't use any uh, more power to overcome Satan during his temptation than what is available to each and every one of us. He never struck him down. Like I always thought, you know, whenever Satan came to Jesus in the wilderness, like Jesus should have just been like, you know, I've been praying and fasting, zap, you know, and, and Satan blows up. That would have been really, you know, dramatic, but that's not what he did. In fact, what God did was he, he says, this is what is written. 
this is what is written. So what he used, he made an example for us. Jesus showed us the most powerful way, one of the most powerful ways to combat and to resist the devil is through the use of the word of God. In every instance, all three instances where the devil approached Jesus, he uses scripture to defeat him. You can read that whole story for yourself in Matthew chapter four. It's incredible. Every time he comes, says, you know, man shall not live by bread alone. And he's, you know, he's, uh, but you can do this, Jesus. And Jesus like, as it is written, and he, and he quotes scripture again. Um, you and I, we need verses that we can hold on to in our life. We need verses that are go-to verses for us. Uh, if you're facing uh, trouble with your marriage, with your finances, if you're facing addiction, uh, if you've got trouble in your life right now, you're depressed, you're discouraged, you've got things going on, you know what you need? More than anything, you need to get the Word of God and you need to search for some scriptures that speak to you and, and just say, God, lead me to uh, the words that you have for me that will speak to me, that will encourage me, that will uplift me and that will empower me to be everything that you want me to be. And then write those scriptures out, uh, you know, put put a, a picture of that scripture or something somewhere that you're going to see it all the time or, or you know, do something creative to keep it in your mind. And when you get uh, troubled, I have some in my notes in my phone and I just, whenever I get troubled, I can just pull up my phone and I can just, you know, look at that scripture and say, man, this, I needed that today. And I just say it over and over and I meditate on that word. So use the word of God um, because number three is the use of the word of God is a powerful force in resisting the devil. Number four, and we're almost done, is the use of the armor of God. I know it's called the armor of God, but really it's our armor because it becomes our armor when we appropriate it to ourselves and to our lives. Uh, we can quench the fiery darts. We can withstand in the evil day. And we can stand against the wiles of the devil when we have on the armor of God that we read about in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 13 through 18. So, you know, take the helmet of salvation, uh, the sword of the spirit, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, feet shot with preparation of the gospel of peace, uh, loins girt about with truth. All these things, as we appropriate that to our lives, uh, we can resist the devil with our spiritual armor, the spiritual armor that God has made available to us. So at our disposal and, and free for the asking is everything and more that we need to subdue the enemy of our soul. Spiritual failure is not the result of improper or unavailable supplies. People don't mess up with God or fail God because uh, they don't, you know, because God didn't provide stuff. No, we, we fail because we don't use what God has provided for us. We don't fail because God doesn't love us and he didn't make it possible for us to, uh, to, to win. No, he makes it possible. He gives us everything that we need. We've got to use the things that he has given us. And so we need to arise in the power of his might and we need to save ourselves, as Acts chapter 2 says, from this untoward generation that we live in. Eternity is before us. Jesus is coming back so soon. And if we gain the whole world, but we lose our soul, then we, the scripture says, we profited nothing. We, we, it's no good to us. Yes, we do have enemies. Yes, we are in the fight of our lives. But thank God, man, we have the resources that are more powerful than all the enemies combined. So let's defeat those enemies in Jesus' name. Let's take uh, the authority that we have through resisting the devil, through submitting to God, and let's watch him flee from us. Before we close today, I wanna pray for you because this is a, one of those very personal uh, messages. Some of you are dealing with 
some, some difficult things. And I wanna just pray that God would give you the strength right now to submit yourself to him and to resist the devil and watch him flee so that you can get the spiritual victory that you need in your life. Let's pray right now. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for everything that you're doing in our hearts and lives. And God, we know that if we will uh, submit ourselves to you and we will resist the devil, that he will flee. So God, I pray that you would give each and every one that is watching and listening tonight, you'll give them the encouragement that they need to uh, submit themselves completely to you, surrender completely. If they haven't repented of their sins, that they would repent of their sins and they would turn to you tonight. If they haven't been baptized in Jesus' name, that they would call us or text us and make a way to be baptized. They would uh, meet us and we could baptize them in the name of Jesus Christ to wash all their sins away. And then God, that you would fill them with your spirit. If they will submit and surrender to you. And then God, if they will begin to, with the power that you give them, they'll begin to resist the devil in their lives. They'll begin to resist the temptations, the urges, and the uh, advances of the enemy in their life. That you will, God, give them the strength and the power, and we will watch the devil flee. We thank you, God, because we are in the fight of our life, and you're coming back very soon. And we want to make sure, God, that we're ready. We want to make sure that we have done everything we can uh, to, to have spiritual victory in our lives. We thank you, God, so much for giving us your word, for giving us your spirit, for giving us your strength and your power every day. And God, we submit and surrender ourselves to you right now. And God, we give you the glory and the praise for what you're going to do in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today uh, for Enemies uh, of the Soul Part 3. Uh, we are going to uh, be starting a new series very soon, and it's going to be talking about our minds, and we're going to be talking about the things that the devil does and uh, the, the, the things that we have available to us uh, to combat uh, discouragement, despair, anxiety, fear, panic, worry, uh, through the power of the Holy Ghost that God has given to us. We've got to take control of our minds and we can do that. So thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to seeing you again very soon. May God bless you. Some of this may be, this is old hat for you, uh, but I do want to just share it with you and let you know that God's going to help you uh, with making sure that you, oh my goodness. That is the weirdest looking goose I've ever seen. <laughs> really? You're ruining my shot. Yeah, you're ruining my shot. Just go. Go do something else. No, go do something else. I don't have time for you. Watch, I'll start talking again and he'll start getting loud. <laughs>